Previously on Breakthrough, what would it be if you could do anything? Um, part of what has been a limit for me is really my finances. This past year, in 2020, I actually had quit my job. And unfortunately, it was the worst timing because a pandemic shut everything down. All my opportunities started becoming scarce. I paid less attention to dance, and I don't feel at the same level as I used to be. If you think about not having enough money, if you think about not being able to pay your bills or take care of your family, what are the emotions that you think might be attached to that? Guilt, for sure, and shame, and like a bad self-perception. I feel like I'm being lazy. It's more complex than this, but if you have fear, guilt, and shame, if that's the emotional baseline, what kind of behaviors do you or think are gonna come out of that? I feel like they're going to be non-authentic behaviors. We want to understand these beliefs. So I think we've kind of set the stage. Do you get how that structure kind of is? Yeah, my curiosity's just sparked now. <laughs> when we hold limiting beliefs, like I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, I'm lazy, I'm not safe, they become the lens through which we see life. And while they are usually not true, they become the truth we operate from. There's a very influential psychologist I admire. His name is Dr. Albert Ellis. He created Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy. It's a type of cognitive behavioral therapy that says, our thinking about events leads us to emotional and behavioral upset. It's very much in line with the limiting beliefs that we're discussing and how they hold us back. This is one of Albert Ellis's counseling sessions from 1965 with a woman named Gloria. I'm attracted to or the type of man I'd like to become closely involved with. I can't seem to meet or I get too shy with. The men I seem to be dating nowadays are the ones that I don't respect much, the ones I don't enjoy much. And I don't know if it's something about me or what, because I really do want to meet this kind of man. What's interesting and what I encourage you to pay attention to is the language Gloria uses in explaining her issue. Albert asked Gloria about what she says to herself when she meets a man who she considers eligible. You meet this man and feel shy, embarrassed? Yes. I'm just not myself with him. Sure. Now, what do you think you are saying to yourself before you get flipped? That I don't stand up to his expectations. I'm not quite enough for him. He's superior to me. Although I want this type of man, I'm afraid I won't have enough to attract him. Yeah. But when I get afraid like that, then I show all the bad qualities. And it's like, I missed my chance again. There was a good opportunity to be close to this man, and I loused it up again. I'm not enough. I'm too shy. I can't be myself. Others are superior to me. These are some of the limiting beliefs Gloria is identifying. Do you recognize any of these as your own? What are the limiting beliefs you hold? Today, I'm going to teach you how to identify them. This could be one of the most important things you learn. Because as Albert Ellis says, I believe that people only get emotions such as negative emotions of shyness, embarrassment, shame, because they tell themselves something in simple exclamatory sentences. Now let's try to find out what you're telling yourself. I'm Ryan Suave, and this is Breakthrough. Episode two, identifying limiting beliefs. I'd like to reintroduce the coaching session I had with Jade. 
Jade informed me that she feels undervalued at her current company. She works in sales. And recently, a former colleague reached out to her and asked her to join a company that she really loves. She had the interview. She was excited about getting the job. And then she was scared to make the jump. Even though she wanted the job, the security of her present situation stopped her from taking the risk. So tell me what happened again. You are in your job, an old coworker comes to you and says, I've got this great job. And then you think it's really exciting and you go to the interview and now you think you're going to get it up to that point when you were excited, what were the things you were thinking? Um, it was mainly about the pay. That's really what it was. So the, the job that I'm currently in, I was questioning, I feel like I'm being undervalued. Like, am I not good enough to get paid more, <laughs> you know? And, and my coworker sent me that message and it was flattering. It was, I know you're a boss. I know I'd love to work with you. We could kill this territory and whatnot. And I felt like someone believed in me. So I feel like that's what was drawing me to this other position because I'm like, well, that's who I want to work with. I mean, even now, I think because I've spent a little bit more time running my numbers, I'm seeing the commission that I could earn. And now I'm like, do I need to leave? <laughs> so now you're not as excited about the other one because you could make money in this one. Right. Okay. So I'm going to challenge your thinking just a little bit. Is that okay? I love that. Okay. I think what you just told me is it wasn't about the pay. Wow. Wow is right. Jade's words to me were about how much money she could make or not make. But to identify the limiting belief, we need to get into the subtext of what Jade is saying. It's so much easier said than done. These beliefs come from our history. The intent of the belief is often to keep us safe, to limit the risk we are exposed to. When we were young, in our families of origin, there were times that we needed a belief to limit us and hold us back to help us survive. Maybe there was a time that we would have gotten hurt and we didn't have the tools to handle the pain that would come from it. These beliefs held us back to keep us safe and maybe even alive. But it becomes problematic later in life when we live out of these beliefs automatically and unconsciously. We so often confuse discomfort with threat. Think of the scenario of getting a new job. Maybe it's a job you're really excited about getting. But whether you get the job or not is not going to have an impact on your immediate survival or physical safety. But we'll think and act like it is. In our minds, we'll carry it way beyond not just getting a job, telling ourselves, if I don't get that job, that I'm not going to be able to pay my bills, that I'm not going to be able to afford my house, that I'm not going to be able to afford food, then my family will go hungry, I'll have to begin stealing, I'll get arrested, then I'll be in jail, and it can go on and on. That may sound ridiculous, but when we take discomfort to a survival level threat, that's exactly what's happening. And even worse than that, we can make it about our own existence, about who we are, that if I don't get that job, then I'm not good enough. We carry it out to a point where it becomes that survival level threat and a voice in our head says, I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to be safe. We don't wanna lose survival mode. We don't wanna lose the parts of us that keep us safe from actual threats. We need that type of survival. 
but we don't want to go into survival mode automatically when there is no actual threat, when we are really just experiencing discomfort. There's a part of us that's grown out of the need for protection all of the time, the part of us that wants to take risks, that wants to go after things. In these cases, the limiting beliefs aren't saving us, they're holding us back. With this in mind, let's jump back into the conversation and help Jade identify her limiting belief. To do so, I'm going to have to challenge her thinking. I think what you just told me is it wasn't about the pay. Wow. What do you think it would be about if it wasn't about the pay? Um, I think it had more to probably do with valuing myself. Yeah. The value of yourself and the value that others have of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's your self-worth. So look what happened. You have some sort of idea about your own self-worth. And when you thought you were going to get more money, the feeling of your self-worth went up with the money. Mm -hmm. And then when you realized it wasn't as much money, it kind of came back down. So you have your own self-worth tethered to something outside of you. Yeah that can go up and down. So we'll talk about what that impact has in a second. Let's first identify what this belief is. And I think you might've even said it, but what is the limiting belief that you have? It's not about the money, right? It's about yourself. A limiting belief would be the kind of thing that you say to yourself or think about yourself that's not so pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with skills. Like I am not skilled enough. So when I addressed and confirmed the commission that I had with the current company, they said, well, we don't plan on having you here forever. You're just in this role. And so we hope that your skill will grow and we'll be able to pay you more when you're in another role. So that told me, okay, I'm not good enough for this role yet. So there, you just, you just yeah. said something. And there's a second time, I'm not good enough. I'm not skilled enough would come out of I'm not good enough, but that's still about the skill, right? That's still about the thing. If the belief is I'm not good enough and you get more money, it's still going to be I'm not good enough, but I just have more money. Or if you feel like I'm not skilled enough, but you get the skills there's still that belief underneath it driving that, right? Because you could get the skills, you could go do this, you could make money. The yeah. problem is when you have that belief underneath, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it won't be enough. It doesn't matter how many skills you get, they won't be enough. Wow. This is clicking with dance as well. Tell me about dancing. I think part of what it got me excited to take a break was because I'd been busting my ass for years constantly. And I think that that not booking the biggest job has made me feel like I'm not good enough either. So I have that same limiting belief for dance. Yeah. And if you're stopping because you're not booking something big enough, 
But that's not even about the passion of dance. That's about some result that you're comparing yourself to others and saying, I'm not good enough. And then you step back from your passion. Yeah. It seems like you've just attached that to, if I make enough money, then I'll be okay, or I'll be good enough, and then I can go dance. Oh, yes. The problem is, one of the problems, is with that orientation, what dollar would you stop on? I have no idea. Jade has no idea that it's not really about the money. If it were just about the money, she could say, oh, well, 25,000 and I'll go dance or be happy. And most of us are emotionally intelligent enough to know that money won't solve all our problems of fulfillment and happiness. You might even think, well, maybe it's not just the money for Jade, but rather if she accomplished her dream to land a big gig and dance, then she would be happy. The problem is that even if she did make those accomplishments and she did earn the money, she'd be sitting there with the limiting belief of I'm not good enough and also thinking, well, all that effort didn't work. So again, we first wanna understand what limiting beliefs are. And next we wanna identify the limiting beliefs we hold. For sake of today's episode moving forward, let's work with, I'm not good enough. Some other ways to identify your limiting beliefs is simply listen to how you speak. For Jade, she said, I didn't make this money and I didn't feel like I was good enough or I didn't feel like I was skilled enough. And while I helped point it out to her, she started to hear it for yourself. So be your own coach, listen to yourself, or write down what you've been thinking and see if you can underline the parts where you feel you are held back. And you can pay attention to how you're talking out loud, but also what you're saying inside. What am I really saying about myself? You could even look in the mirror and say it out loud. What you'll find is often how we think about ourselves and the inner dialogue that we have is not very nice. Much of the time, we wouldn't talk to anybody else the way we speak to ourselves. And there's not to be shame around this. It's important to identify it as this is the deconstruction. And once we deconstruct, then you can begin to reconstruct. There are reasons that we come by these beliefs. It's not a bad thing, it's just the thing. As we dive deeper into this coaching session with Jade, I'm sure we'll start to hear those things that shaped her from her past probably impacts from her family around money and success. She didn't come up with these scripts on her own. And there are things that we could do to even deconstruct that further. But for the purpose of today, we can just understand that that's what she's been left with. And that's okay. Jade is beginning to see herself more clearly. Hopefully you are too. This will help Jade as we move into understanding what the limiting belief is costing in her life. Tune into the next episode of Breakthrough where Jade will identify the impact of her limiting belief. Breakthrough is an original series brought to you by the podcast app. Enjoy other exclusive series, courses, and stories through the wellness section on the app. In this series, the goal is for me, Ryan Suave, to coach guests step-by-step to break through personal barriers to emerge into a lighter and happier life. And guess what? We wanna work with you. We are now looking for guests. If you are interested in coaching sessions, please email us at breakthrough at podcast.app.
The ideal candidate is someone who struggles with stress or anxiety and is ready for a life-changing breakthrough. All identities will be kept anonymous. We look forward to hearing from you. Breakthrough is written by myself, Ryan Suave, and Alex Vespasted. Our executive producers are Martin Siniowski and Valerie Luna on behalf of the podcast app, Alex Vespasted, and myself. Cover art by Edward Quintero and music provided by Epidemic Sound. Special thanks to Milena Rose, Juan Catalano, the podcast app team, and all of our friends and family who have provided feedback in the making of these episodes. And these episodes wouldn't be what they are without your support. Thank you for listening.